Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. It's a gridiron stud show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe-to-toe with Amo, Calamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here. Talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. I guess that sucks. Yeah, or that's something that's like you that. and me. It's, it's Tuesday, October 20th, 2015. We've just completed week, what is it, seven of the college football season, week six of the NFL season. It's flying by. There's a whole bunch to talk about on the show today. And uh, sorry to disappoint some of you there. If you came here looking for straight talk with Warren Sapp, unfortunately, not going to happen today. The uh, big man had a previous engagement of sorts, so he will not be joining no, us let's today. Give, we'll let's have... give the listeners some straight talk. Here's what happened. Warren worked two weeks in a row, and he needed an island vacation, so he's gone. He is. He's on an island somewhere of sorts. We will not give out that location, but he's enjoying himself, as uh, we all should do more often in life. But nevertheless, uh, this is just the two originators Amo Calamino and Chad Wilson, and listen, we are on no shortage of topics on the show here, so we uh, are going to jump into all of these things here, left and right, one after the other, and we'll touch them all, and we would like you to join us on the show today. Listen, don't be shy. You can give us a call, 347-633-9365, if there's something on your mind, something that bothered you. Did your team lose in an unfortunate way this weekend? Were they blown out? Did they disappoint you? Did your team do something great this weekend? Uh, You can call us and talk about it, or if there's something on your mind. If you want to talk about what the hell is a catch anymore in the NFL. But, Amo, I want you to draw this picture in your mind. Let me paint a picture for you. You are a school teacher. Uh, let's say you're making $42,000 a year. You've got two sons that are into football like you are. And uh, let's say you live in Louisiana, and you've heard about this great college football player that plays defense. Let's say his name is Vernon Hargraves. And the Florida Gators and Vernon Hargraves are coming to town, and you really want to see this guy play in person. You want to be able to say that you saw the guy play in person in his college football career, and you want your two boys to to see him play as well because you know you're a fan of defensive football maybe you like defensive backs so you want to say uh you want to be able to say you saw the guy play his college football career so you go out and 
you buy yourself some tickets for this game because you're gonna go. You're gonna go see Vernon Hargraves and the Florida Gators play your LSU Tigers. You want to be able to say that you could do that. Now, uh, upper deck seats at LSU Tiger Stadium are really, really upper deck. And so, and to give you an idea, if, if there was a baseball game being played there. Um, You'd never get a ball up there. I don't care if it was Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, the, the most notorious home run hitter. Well, I you saw your name. pictures, and honestly, if I knew you were sitting there, I would have given you a few message I wanted to, uh, messages I wanted to deliver to God because I haven't yeah. been able to get in touch. Well, yeah, I mean, your message <laughs> wouldn't reach me there. I don't even think satellites reach where I was. But nevertheless, um, a ball wouldn't get up there. That's how high up you are. Nevertheless, a seat in that section, $100 ahead. You're Let's kidding say, me. As a team, 100 bucks 100 a ticket bucks. for a college football seat that high? Wow. 100 bucks. Um, and I have the ticket here to prove it. Now, we didn't pay for the ticket, thankfully, um, but it's a $100 ticket. So, teacher's salary, two boys, that's what you're going to pay. So, right there, $300, right? Oh, that's you know, a vacation. I mean, by the time you're by the time you get done with with everything else that you go through, the food and assuming you're going to have to stay at night. I mean, you're you're, talking, you're close to 500 bucks. Close to Easily, that. it's a five hundred buck night. So, but nevertheless, it's worth it to you because this is your once in a lifetime chance to see this player play. Um, and you, you want five hundred dollars? You know, you're buying memories. Yeah. And this is this. I, I want to go. I want to go see this. All right. So, um, from what you can see from up there, um, you get a chance to to watch this guy play against again your LSU Tigers. Let's see what what this guy can do against. You know, someone like Leonard Fournette. So they come out there, they play the game, you got the first series, good. All right, they look like they did all right. Second series comes around, and the LSU Tigers have the football, and the quarterback for the LSU Tigers drops back and throws a deep out route uh, against Hargraves, who comes up, sees a guy about to catch the ball, catches the ball, and levels the guy. Flags fly. Referee jumps in there and says, um, Unnecessary roughness with targeting. Players under review. Eight minutes, 52 seconds left in the first quarter. They go, they review it, they come back. After review, the ruling on the on the field is confirmed. Unnecessary roughness targeting number one for Florida is ejected from the game. You spent $500 to see this player play, and a referee is telling you, He's gone. He's out of the game. So your five hundred dollars, you're gonna watch a good football game. But the reason that you came there was to see this particular player play. And right. now he's gone. Eight minutes fifty two seconds left into the first quarter. I'm telling you, I get perhaps maybe what college football is trying to do, and I really think the big part and the spirit of this rule is to prevent Future litigation, like what you've got going on in the NFL, but I'm telling you right now, this targeting rule with ejecting players is the biggest crock of BS that college football may have ever put out. And that's the, that's saying a lot because they put out a lot of BS during my lifetime watching college football. But that rule and putting players out of a game is the biggest crock. Even when they you're going to get me into even, a, but see, you're going to get me. I don't even know if I want to comment. You're going to get me into a political rant. Go, is, go ahead, but this is your little they, this is your little liberal friends over on the uber uber far left of this country that want everything to be all 
super safe, okay? And if not, they want it to have the appearance of being super safe. It's the mm-hmm. dumbest rule I've ever heard of. First of all, anybody who constructed that rule, I have to believe, didn't play very, very much football at college or the professional level or many sports at all. Because let me tell you, any kind of sport you play, I don't care what it is, it could be volleyball, okay, things happen fast, real fast. Mm -hmm. And on a football field, when you have really big guys running really, really fast, things happen fast. So most of the time what looks like targeting is just a guy reacting, trying to make a tackle at high speeds. That's it. Yeah, that's all. And and they have never played ball because to sit here and think you have uh, that much control over where your shoulder pads and helmet are going to land on a player moving at high speed is just completely and totally naive. But it's not even it's it's not even that. You know, there are times there are guys that are out there. Let's be honest, there are guys out there that will um, maliciously go after a player because that's just what they do out there on the field. Okay, and maybe for those small percentage of guys, they're trying to protect people from that. But I'm seeing time and again, Emil, where where it's nowhere even close to being targeting by the rule. Um, It's a shoulder bump. It's I've seen light hits where a guy has to throw himself back on the ground to even get the penalty. And they're ejecting guys from this. And you're playing football games without the guys you came there to see. Do they not understand? Let me just say it to you again. An upper deck seat at Tiger Stadium for for Florida versus LSU, $100. So I can't even begin. That's the 600 section. We sat in section 633. I can't even begin to think what section 200 cost somebody. They paid that money to come there and watch these guys play, and at any point in the game, which could be in the first series, which I've seen happen before, you are sending a player off the field. They did not pay to see the referees. They pay to see the players. What's well, wrong with college football? And they have way too many people. They have way too many people, though. If you if you look at these games, what, what they don't understand is these these guys, the speeds they're running at, there's no way that this isn't Jack Tatum. Like, they think every guy is Jack Tatum where he used to go out and basically say, I'm going to try to, you know, light somebody up to hell. This is just stuff that's happening. I mean, I would say 99% of these there's really no intent. Now, is the guy trying to come in hard and maybe knock a ball loose? Sure, but is he trying to hurt somebody? No. He's trying to make a good hard tackle. One guy moves a little bit one way, you move a little bit the other, and what started off as, you know, a, a, a form tackle into the ribs ends up with a shoulder to the head. <laughs> hey, and I'm going to be honest with you, uh, 99.9% of the guys making a tackle in football are closing their eyes on impact. I mean, you probably would have you'd probably lose your vision if you kept your eyes open on high impact like that. Who knows how much pressure I mean, I think closing your eyes is probably a defense mechanism. You probably Yeah, I think vision. it's just a natural reaction no matter how much people want to pretend they're tough. I mean it has nothing to do with being tough. I just think that's what happens. I mean I think as you get Yeah, I mean you, Mike about, Singletary closed his eyes on impact. That's just what happens. That's yeah. human nature. So at some point you're losing your vision uh, upon approaching impact. So you're not actually going to see exactly what it is you're hitting. So this is absolute. This thing, this thing just pisses me off every week, and I've been getting more and more angry. We had another situation in the Michigan Michigan State game. I mean that is a marquee prime matchup in college football, a game people were waiting to see all week, 
and in this game, you get a key defensive player from Michigan sent off on the yeah, stupid well, targeting rule. I think you know, you know, as we get older, just it, it, it it's going to get a lot worse. It's not going to get better. I, I, I just. I see the trajectory right now in football, and I don't see it going in the other direction at this point. I mean, there's a train that, I don't, you know, Well, I don't know what. This is one thing they really got to think long and hard about turning around, changing, fixing, adjusting, get rid of. You know what? You want to keep the targeting? Fine. You want to give 15-yard penalties? Okay, fine. But ejecting players for playing football is, is absolutely Well, tar- well here's the problem. If you keep the targeting – by definition, I mean, it's unnecessary roughness is 15 yards. I mean, maybe the solution is you make the penalty more, more onerous, almost like a, uh, a, a pass interference in the NFL. So if, if if you call targeting as opposed to unnecessary roughness rather than a 15-yard penalty, make it a 25-yard penalty. If you're saying, I want to I deter from that, that's a quarter of the football field. So you get a targeting penalty – and you're at midfield, it takes the team down to your 25-yard line. I mean, make it something like that, but don't take the guy out of the game because, like I said, I really don't believe most of these are with the intent to hurt somebody. No. I mean, and even in soccer, man, even in soccer, uh, you've got a yellow card then a red card unless you do something absolutely outrageous out there. Yeah. Okay? And the- playing the game in the confines of the game and making a tackle for crying out loud. I mean, the listen, someone's down when you tackle them, right? You got to you got to get another human being to the ground in this game. That's how well, you stop I the think, ball from moving downfield. I think at some point, you know, we we've got to start understanding. I don't know where where we lost this cuz I know we had this understanding. And I'm not saying you can't but before I say this, I'm not saying things can't be improved in anything. But you have to understand that in all these sports we watch on television, the major sports, you've got large people with things moving fast, whether it's large people in football running into one another, whether it's a baseball being thrown upwards of 95 miles an hour, uh, basketball, you've got large men running into each other, hockey, obviously. I mean, people are going to get hurt. I mean, it's just it's it's inevitable. And if if, if you – don't like that, then you really should, if you want something healthier, I said it a couple of weeks ago, go to yoga or something. I don't know what to tell you. because Yeah, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And it's, uh, I think I'm just going to, it's just going to be where I'm annoyed every week by this stupid rule as I'm going to watch players leave games. I yeah, mean, I think, what happens well, I think when it's point, a really, really big time player? I think at what some you point, do? you know, it, you just start accepting it because even though you're annoyed, there's nothing. I just really, it, it, you and I are never going to see this come back. I don't think to what what you're what I'm suggesting or or what it was. I think that you know they open Pandora's box here. It, it's out, and and you know that's where it's going. It might be lawyers. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it really is. So you're telling thing. me you don't see a scenario where they would remove the whole ejection part of this? You're telling me the toothpaste is out of the tube on this thing? I kind of do because I think they're worried. I think to a degree, you know, it's either my point where I went on my little mini political rant or it is really lawyers saying, listen, at least if we do this, we have a defense. If we get sued, we could say, listen, we've always we, we've put this rule in. We understand, you know, this is severe. I, I don't know. I, I just don't see it. These kind of things, once they get going, look at the quarterback in the NFL. Twenty five years ago, it started with you couldn't take an extra step. Then it mm-hmm. became 
if you brushed his helmet with your hand, even if it wasn't intentional, it was a hit to the head. Then it became you can't hit him uh, below the thighs, even if it's an accident, it's a penalty. So basically now, as you said, you're limited to hitting a quarterback between the second and fourth rib. Okay? Yeah. It's, it, it, is, it really better. is that. It, I mean, it really is that. And it's, it's, it's sad to say, but uh, I'm telling you now it's going to get to the point where you get enough guys thrown out of a game, you're going to have to you're going to just see guys going low. You're going to see a guy tight end running down the middle of the field with a ball thrown to him and you know that's a scenario that happens in almost every game and a safety coming over is going to have to go dive at this guy's knees. And I keep mean la- keep a, laughing. A, a, I told you last year on a show and you chuckled. I said you figure it's just me being sarcastic. I said at some point, and I don't know when that is. There's going to be a push or someone come up with the idea to say, listen, we're just here to watch the skill. I mean, these guys are fast and they can catch the ball. What do we need to tackle each other for? What's wrong with playing flag football? It very well may happen before you and I check out of this life. It very well may I mean, be I mean, I could just see it now. I could see, I could see a digital. little. It might be oh. something digital. I'm running no, around no, with no, a no, it'll be a little, Listen, it'll be a little skinny guy with a pocket protector and a nice suit and a tie. And he'll be saying, you know, we were watching this stuff, football stuff, and you're really just there to see big, fast men catch balls and they throw them. You don't really need to see all the tackling stuff. We could just play with flags. We play like that in intramurals in college. It was fun. It's ridiculous. Uh, it, we're going to start tackling guys with a nap. It's, I, I'm, look, I'm, two things I hate to see on the football field. First is that. This whole targeting rule, you're sending players off. And the next thing is a guy being hit at the knees when he's not seeing the player that's tackling him. I hate to see that. You know, the the fullback out of the backfield that's looking back to catch a ball and the corner's coming from the side, if you can picture this. And as a guy's catching the ball, corner's hitting him low. Uh, uh, look, basically the Willis McGahee thing. Yes. I hate to see that. You know, I hate to see that. If the guy doesn't see you, go ahead and hit him up high. Go ahead and well, hit him in hit him in the midsection. And there, hit him that in the may pad. be a rule that we need to look at where I actually would be in favor of it. Like where I, you know, they're really worried about the headshots. And for me, I'm like you. I say, listen, there's no reason on that particular play. He doesn't even have his balance. If his head's not around, you shouldn't be able to go below the thighs. No. Absolutely not. I can't because you have momentum. He doesn't. It's not like you could say, "Well, the guy outweighs me. I can't get him to the ground." His head's back, man. If you hit him with a form tackle, you're still going to put him down. Yeah, it's it's uh, and I it's you know the, the rule I did like think Kat, about. that they got rid of, and I'm sure you did as a defensive player, um, mm-hmm. the crackback block. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, because uh, that's nothing but vicious. No, because you know, a linebacker, especially inside, is sliding, coming down the line, you know, following the football, and here's this guy coming, you know, coming from the side like a train. It just, it's, to me, it's a, it's like a backcourt pick in basketball when the guy's not looking for it. You know, where you just where you run where yeah, you run a guy sit, into a, a right. center that's standing in the backcourt. Yeah, I don't like yeah. that. Yeah, um, so it's okay to do that right there. Go dive at a guy's knees who doesn't see you coming, but not okay if you, um, you know, throw a shoulder into a quarterback that might hit him a little high. It's uh, It just drives me nuts, and, I'm you, you know, if you follow me on social media, you've seen me going off about this just about every week. So 
you know, that's the rule's not going anywhere this year. But I'm telling you, at some point, we're gonna we're gonna be in a really big football game, and there's gonna be a a key uh, member of the defensive team that's sent off, and it's gonna change the course of a game, and then we're gonna know the height of the BS of that whole deal. All right, well, we've got a lot more to get to than my rant on the whole targeting rule. Uh, several exciting college football games played this year. But before that, we do need to talk some NFL football. Uh, A lot of interesting action went down, including last night's game that we do need to talk about. And we'll talk about that and more when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this break. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! What are you doing? I'm doing some sweet bung sound moves. I'm a little better than everyone else here. Erickson, you must follow direction. You rack a discipline. Nuh-uh, I don't rack a discipline. Minasa, you all need more discipline. True discipline come from... That South Park skit, uh, I've had a couple of conversations like that with some of the players I've coached. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they're out there doing their own damn thing, and I promise you, the kid says it in that skit, but they're believing that. I, mm-hmm. I'm just doing my own thing. I'm, I'm better than everyone else. <laughs> and I get, like, sometimes early on in my coaching career, I would get that mad and, and end up sounding like that guy. You know, rock discipline. So. <laughs> um, nevertheless, uh, that's what you're dealing with when you're out there coaching. All right, we got to talk some NFL, but before that, we do have a caller on the line, and we'd like to bring him on, share some thoughts here with us. Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. What's cracking? What's cracking? Look at this guy. I mean, he's in my lifetime, okay? And just for those of y'all who listen to the show or, or new to the show, this is my former roommate at Long Beach State who I've known now. How long have we known each other? Less 25 years? 25 yeah. years. 
I yeah. probably have 20, 25 different area codes as phone numbers for this guy right here. He's very <laughs> mobile, and I, I must say, uh, Amos. Yeah, he really, he really does get around. Yes, um, I mean this, this guy got me my first pager, and I'll be damned if uh, he hasn't uh, been quite mobile since. So, from the four eight zero area code, what's up, my brother? This is a new business line, man. You know how it is. <laughs> no, it's always it's all business with you, my friend. How about the targeting rule? You love that or what? Is the I mean we I mean we we played. How about that targeting rule? I think it's bullshit. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, that's one way of putting it. Uh, I, I listen. The shots to are you like me? The shots to a guy's knees when he's not looking at you is to me is the is is the worst thing in football. Because right then that's and worse. there, that's an that, injury. That's, worse. that's an injury. That's worse, a, that's worse than a guy taking a upper upper head shot. I mean, it's just unfortunate that some guys drop their heads. Um, but if you deliberately hit a guy on his, his lower part of his body, his knees, I mean, it's like you're trying to take him out unless you unless you got a clear chance of cutting. But if you don't, you yeah, don't I understand. Coming, I understand. Look, a ball carrier coming at you, and he sees you coming. And for you know, he's got more momentum going, maybe, or he outweighs you by a good amount. It's not in your best interest most times to go take this guy on up high. I mean, look, we would all think of Leonard Fournette in that situation. You're a 185-pound cornerback. You've got 230-pound Leonard Fournette barreling at you. Yeah, it's probably in your best interest to go low. But he sees you. He has some form of protection, whether that is dropping his shoulder, giving up his legs, putting an uh, uh, an arm on your helmet or whatever. Or maybe you do get his knees, but he can brace for the impact. Him with his back turned catching a ball and you coming at his knees, worst thing ever. And it's I think these guys have got it all wrong. I think it's repetitive shots to the head. So the stuff you get from a linebacker meeting a fullback 25 times in a game is where you're is where you you get the the uh the long-term brain injuries. Not a tight end ran down the middle of the field and got hit one time by a safety. I just right. don't think that's where it comes from. I'm no, no doctor, but you know, that's what I think. So, Les, yep. you guys, you guys and I'm you had one in your game, Michigan and Michigan State. What do you think is the impact on that? Uh, great impact. Recruiting. Um, just, you know, we, we, we have bragging rights for another year. And as long as we continue to have bragging rights, we're going to keep getting recruits. You're all right with how that game went down? I mean, can Michigan State really say they won that game? Or uh, do you just have to say Michigan lost it? Uh, I would just have to say Michigan lost. I mean, they they were handling us, you know, pretty much the whole game, and we had to make plays when we made them. And and you don't play until the end of the whistle, bro. Somebody make a mistake. You never know where the ball bounces. Yeah, well, uh, you know. Well, I, I mean, I, you know, I, look, I give Michigan State some credit, though. Like you just said, they played till the end. I mean, listen, as long as there's time left, you have a chance, and they they, they took it that way. And honestly. As 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 great as a coach as Harbaugh is, and and maybe he did tell the kid this, and the kid panicked. I don't understand why the punter near midfield, once he fumbled the ball, didn't just fall on it. Oh, he panicked. Right. And if you they, there's a gif out there, uh, an animated picture that's a close up of this kid's face. I don't know if you've seen it. 
of when that ball goes through his hands and hits him in the face mask. The look on his face is 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 like anything you've ever seen in any horror movie. It is he saw Jason and standing behind Jason was Mike Myers and Freddie standing behind him. That dude is scared out of his freaking mind. No, I, for him to be, I, I don't doubt that. I mean, I understand. Oh, like his brain's done. Like, his brain's fried. That yeah. ball hit him in the face mask in this particular moment, in this game, in this stadium, with all the people watching, his brain's gone. He doesn't. He might as well be uh, way past the legal limit drunk. He has no idea what's going on. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's all that went it's on there. It's true. Yeah, he had no idea what the right thing was to do there. That was just a complete surprise to him. But that thing split his hands like they were full of grease. And it's an unfortunate way to lose a game. I give Michigan State credit for this, though, you two guys. Uh, they were eight-and-a-half-point underdogs, were they not? Something like yeah. that in this game? Something like yeah. that. So, so you put yourself in a position at the end of this game for something like that to happen. It's 23-21, and you weren't supposed to be there, according to the odds makers, who are the experts, and you ha- you're, you're that close to where it could come down to a final play in a game. And it's not the traditional way a game might end, but nevertheless, you put yourself close enough to where one mistake like that makes you the winner. So I give Michigan State credit. They want a football game. They put themselves in position, and stuff happens in a game. It, the bottom line is there's, you know, there's, there's whatever it is uh, – 60 minutes and there's 59 minutes and and 51 seconds got played. They played those last nine seconds and and something good happened and that's what happens in sports if you play till the end. All right, so Les, before you know, before I let you go here, where where do we go from here in the Big Ten? This because this is kind of a this is kind of made a, a little bit of a mess, wouldn't you say? Um, not to me. You know, by me being a Spartan fan, it shapes up just like how I expected. I mean, um, the parity of what college football is is about to become. Uh, Ohio State could lose to Michigan, and Michigan State could beat Ohio State. And then it's us and Iowa as far as in the Big Ten Championship. See, that's the part of it that sucks for me is that it seems everything, all the goodness of this conference is piled into one side of this division. That's that's. That's number one. And you could see Ohio State losing to both Michigan and Michigan State. Not me. I don't know about my co-host here. I don't see him losing no. to both of those teams. No, I don't. Now, I mean, when Ohio State wants wants to play, I mean, I think it, and I'm, not, I'm no Ohio State fan. You guys know that. But I'm not trying to make excuses for them. But I think the, the regular season has them kind of bored right now. Whether that's right or wrong, I'm not saying, but I think they're kind of bored, and I and I think that there's some infighting with who's getting the most attention. But when they really want to play and they have to turn it on, they can. Yeah, so that's I what I think. I just think they need to feel challenged to rise to the level of all the talent that they have right now. And they're just – we've all talked about how their schedule is weak, and they're I think they're just playing down to – they're conserving their energy. But, I, you know, you guys so. are talking about this, and don't get me wrong, I think traditionally all, all the power is stacked in that one side of the division because if you look and you say, well, you've got obviously Ohio State, Michigan. Michigan State always had a really good program. People just Some people don't realize that. Um, Penn State, you know, when they were good, you know, they're, 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 they have a ways to go, but still. But, but look at the other side this year. We might have a 12-0 Iowa, Iowa team in that championship game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to make of that. I mean, Iowa, Iowa. It's not. I have not really sat down and analyzed what the heck is going on there. I don't know how Jake Rudock feels. He leaves Iowa. They 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 won't lose a game now. So 
So he's well, they took advantage of they took advantage of of, a, of obviously a schedule that's a little weaker. I mean, Wisconsin's not their typical powerful self. They, you know, they won that game at Wisconsin. Good for them. They won the game at Northwestern. And now you look at their last five games: Maryland, a trip to Indiana, Minnesota, Purdue, and a trip to Nebraska. I mean. Really, Nebraska might they might be playing Nebraska in that last game for a chance at an undefeated season. Yeah, isn't that something? Les, we got to talk NFL here before you go. Uh, your Lions yeah, finally got that elusive win. How, tell us how you feel. How'd you celebrate? Actually, I didn't even watch the game, man. I'm I'm so uh, turned off by watching Matthew Stafford, dude. I, I can't even watch the Lions play no more this year. Oh man. Yeah, well, there you go. It's probably typical of uh, all folks in the Detroit area. They need to go on a five-game run. All right, my man, I'm going to let you go. Get back to making them kids bigger, faster, and stronger. And Amy and I are going to talk about the rest of the NFL here. Thanks for calling us. And may y'all have a good day, and uh, I'll try to tune in. Yeah, all right. Appreciate it. Thanks, Les. All right, man. All right, man. It's uh it's time to talk some NFL. One of the one of the things, you know, I think we've all noticed here and it's starting to get some plays. The Denver Broncos are an undefeated football team. What do you make of the fact, Emil, that Denver is undefeated but Peyton Manning is not playing that well? What does that mean to anything that's happened the last couple of years when he was there? Well, I'm not buying the more I watch it go down you your definition of this might make them a better team because at some point in in a season you're going to need the quarterback to win you a game, and I'm not so sure this is like always in a funk. I just think, you know, this is the end. I mean, you know, every guy gets to a point where you can tell that, hey, it's time to soon wave goodbye to the sport, and I think that's where he's at. Why are so, they winning? Well, I mean, they're winning because if you go if you go break down each of their games, their defense has been phenomenal. I mean, they won, you know, a, a, look at these scores, you know, 19-13 against the Ravens. They happen to play, by the way, which they didn't know at the beginning of the year, a very bad Ravens team. They're one and five. Uh, they played the Chiefs, beat them by a touchdown. They're one and five. They played the Lions. They're one and five. They beat the Vikings at home by three, who who aren't a bad team. They got the game against the Raiders, which you talked about. The you know they made the defensive play. They played a, an average Cleveland team and won in overtime. I mean, you know, right now the schedule hasn't exactly been littered with great teams, so they've been able to get away with it. But they're going to start playing some good teams, and they're not going to win with him playing like that. They have Green Bay and New England coming up in the next five weeks. I think Denver would do themselves some good to realize that Peyton Manning is not Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is more John Elway in the late years. No, he's not even that. He's not that, my friend. Oh, no, he's not. Elway was still able to throw throw a ball like it was shot from a cannon, even if he wasn't as mobile. Well, if you're looking at it, if you're looking at it from a physical standpoint, yes, yes. Um, what Elway did do was move around very well. Could take off and run for first downs and move around in that pocket. And in his in his final years with those knee braces on, he couldn't do that. So he was diminished as a mobile quarterback, just yes. as Peyton is diminished as an actual guy throwing the ball. What Peyton still has, though, is a beautiful mind for the game and and finding where he needs to go with the ball, releasing it, and making throws in certain spots, even though it might be an end-over-end duck, he still gets it where it needs to go. So that part of his game is increasing while the physical part of his game is falling off. That's a comparison I'm making to him and John Elway in the late years. With that being the case, Denver would be well-served going forward to start getting to the point where they stop running the, the ball 20-something times a game. They're probably averaging around 21, 22 
rushes a game, start getting that thing closer to 30 and start taking the ball a little bit more out of Peyton's hands because they've had three times already this year where he's attempted 40-plus passes in a game. It's time to start pulling that back down closer to 30-30 and get more balanced and start putting more of this on the on the on the running game and give that defense even more of a chance to be great. Let's start getting one less possession, two less He's averaging 39 and a half passes a game this year. Let me lay this, mm-hmm. this line on you and tell me what you think. He's completing 61% of his passes. He, mm-hmm. pa- he attempts almost 40 a game. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's averaging 240 yards a game passing, which in a league, you know, that's average anymore. Seven touchdowns, mm-hmm. 10 interceptions. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he's taken 12 sacks, and his quarterback rating is 72 and a half. Let me put that in perspective for you. Brandon Whedon has a higher quarterback rating. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and we know how much you love Brandon Whedon. So, listen, uh, you've already laid it out who they've played. The road ahead is tougher. They've got Green Bay next. Um, then they're at Indianapolis, which that you know that could turn into a loss for you. They're going to have a revengeful-minded Kansas City team, yet that's at home. You get Chicago, but then you got New England and San Diego and Pittsburgh and Cincinnati coming up on your schedule. If they don't start flipping that that run-pass percentage, they're going to start hitting a little streak of losses here. It's okay at this point to keep Peyton's mind, take the ball out of his hand a little a little more. Start putting it a little bit more into that running game and let the defense eat. Let the defense do what it is that the defense does. And and I think the Denver Broncos could be a better football team in the playoffs than they've been in the last two years with Peyton Manning. But, but let me ask you this, and I'm not arguing because I think that's the only route they can go, okay? So I'm not saying you're wrong, but, but here here's where I have trouble believing against good teams that can work. As you know, football is all tied together. Your ability to somehow run the ball, unless you just have, and even then, if you have a great offensive line, look at the Cowboys this year. People are giving them eight-man looks with Romo out. It's hard for six guys to block eight. I mean, it just is. I don't care how good they are. So now you take the Broncos. They fall into that category of Drew Brees. If you remember last year, I told you when I noticed him going downhill, teams were saying, listen, you cannot throw the ball outside the hashes. So we're going to take that away from you. We're going to take those slants and things away from you that you can throw, and make mm-hmm. you throw the ball outside the hashes. And the Saints and he struggled last year. I think that's mm-hmm. happening with Denver. Just right now, they haven't played teams good enough to complete the the, the plan. In other words, they've played teams mm-hmm. that somehow let it slip away because they're not quite ready to win yet. When they play good teams, how are, how are you going to run the ball when they look and say, well, okay, this guy can't throw the ball deep, and he can't throw the ball hard to the outside. So we're going to you know, take everything in the center of the field away. We're going to start dropping that safety down. It's going to be hard for them to run the ball. I think what you're getting right now are people still thinking this is Peyton Manning and they're two, they're two safeties high mm-hmm. and Denver's still wanting to, you know, or, or you know, maybe they're dropping down that extra safety and Denver's still wanting to, you know, throw the ball all around the place because it's Peyton, I think they need to get to the point where you do make a team bring one of those safeties down. Now when Peyton drops back to throw, with all of his anticipation and everything else, even with a popcorn arm, he can release that ball. No one releases a ball sooner to a guy who isn't looking yet better than Peyton Manning right now. That's, That's because true. Just out of pure survival. So if you got more windows to throw because they're worried about your run game now that you're starting to develop 
uh, I think he can survive and get a team throw. I mean, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl, okay? Um, so, you know, if you can do well, those you things. You and I right always now, make that joke, and, and we're kind of unfair to him because at least Dilfer, you know, the one thing he had is was a good arm. I mean, see, when that but arm didn't goes, have the mind, didn't didn't really have no, the mind. No, he it didn't. Seems, but when he that seems arm to have acquired goes, a better mind post playing career. No, I, I get you, but you know, don't forget, you know, an equivalent of Peyton Manning would be Greg Maddox, the great pitcher. Okay, mm. and at the end of his career, he could still be effective against bad teams because I saw his last couple of years he pitched half a year for the Dodgers. But when he faced good teams. It's one thing to have a beautiful mind and throw the ball 91 or 92 with movement. That that, that also mm-hmm. makes you very hard to hit. When it drops mm-hmm. down to 85 and you miss your spot, really good hitters hit it a really long way, and that's kind of what happens in football, <laughs> I think. Well, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see if Denver can convert themselves to a postseason football team uh, in in the in the you know middle to to second half of this football season because if they don't they'll be they'll be out. I of see where you're going. Crazy. By the way, people they, who listen to the show know you love. Yeah, they've got to turn themselves into a sec, into a into a a playoff football team, which means cold weather, windy weather. If it gets windy out there, uh, I mean Peyton ain't doing nothing. You get so, all excited still, though when you see defense. You start thinking it's 1976 and the steel curtains coming back. Listen, I'm not that guy. I'm a guy for balance. I don't want to see Drew Brees um, dropping back on third and one. That pisses me off, um, you know, because you don't, you can't, you have no idea in your offense how to turn around and hand the ball to a running back who I think won a Heisman Trophy and and get a yard. You got to run some dynamic pass play on third and one. Um, or you go to you go to a playoff game that's windy and cold and freezing, and you feel like you need to throw 49 passes, and you're wondering why you're being sent home on that day. Hey, listen, man, I've coached this game, and when you show up to the park and you've got a high-powered passing offense, and it is the windiest day you've ever seen, I can't tell you how nervous you feel as a coach. I don't know how to, you know, I, I can't tell you how nervous I get. Yeah. Man, are we going to be able to operate today? So when the Broncos show up for their playoff game, and it might be in their own damn stadium, and their wind gusts and Peyton's arm is is made of goo, I don't know what's going to be going through their minds. You can't throw anything thirty yard plus down the field. Well, maybe, know maybe, maybe, maybe he can get with the wind, and he can just lay it up there and let the wind carry it. Christ, he's going to have to find a way to do that for three quarters. <laughs> How can I get the wind in my back for three quarters? Someone he, shut a door. In maybe when they flip the coin at the start of the game, they could they could make a trade-off. First time in NFL history. Listen, we'll give you guys the kickoff and the kickoff after halftime if we can choose the direction the whole game. Yes, Peyton would like that because he's going to be throwing paper plates out here today for crying out loud. So, um, The other topic to get into here is for the locals. The Miami Dolphins... Uh, and to a certain degree, I expected uh, uh, this to happen. I expected a good performance. You know you get that boost when there's a coaching change, unless you're USC. <clears throat> yeah. uh, but but the, we'll talk about that in our next segment. But um, everything said, the Dolphins were going to come out and play some pretty strong football this week. What I need people to understand, and I hate to be the pisser on the parade float here, you played the Tennessee Titans, you played a rookie quarterback, you played the Tennessee Titans, and you played the Tennessee Titans. So a 38-10 to 10 win is great. And they did a lot of great things in there. The defensive line finally started getting some sacks. They were a more physical team to the point where the Tennessee Titans said they were 
too physical. Go figure. Um, mm. and, and and you got some production out of your quarterback. He did throw a couple of picks, but you just look like a more physical football team. But I'm telling you, it was the Tennessee Titans. That's number one. Number two is uh, teams are going to, st- at a certain point here, start realizing, okay, this is what the Dolphins are. Now here are our adjustments, and what can the Miami Dolphins and the head coach Dan Campbell do about that? How excited should Dolphin fans be about the Miami Dolphins going forward, just based off of this one win that they had on Sunday. Well, winning beats losing. That's obvious. They have a game home next week with Houston. You would hope that that's a, a game that, that's a very winnable game on their home field. You would mm-hmm. hope they can win that. They get to 500. But here's here's the, the the trick. After they get to 500, they go on one of those rare. It happens to about four or five teams every year. Three game road trip where they go mm-hmm. at New England, at Buffalo, at Philadelphia. Uh, this is you know, hard that's as it gets. Th- as hard as it gets. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's going to be some cold weather cities and and uh, three of them mm-hmm. in a row. It's, so, yeah, and it's gonna, it's definitely going to be rough. You're going to play a Buffalo team that punched you in the face early in this year at your place. Um, you're going to take on the New England Patriots, who um, they are they are the juggernauts right now in the league. And then you're going to be playing a Philadelphia team that who knows, man, if they get on a nice little run here. Uh, they they may be a serious problem, and then you're coming back. And then by the Dallas, way, you come you home and you Tony get Romo's Romo. return. <laughs> right. Then you're at the New York Jets, and then you know it's just a rough road there. So the adjustment, you know, I would I would tell Miami Dolphin fans to contain your enthusiasm. Yes, you may get another win this week, being physical with a team that's probably looking for a reason to cancel a season. But after that, as Emil pointed out, um, it's it's. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a rough road, so chill out on that a little bit. Hey, what happened last night? I let me tell you what happened to me. I watched this game. I watched the first series. It was routes on air. Eli Manning just they just moved the ball down the field like the Eagles were still in the locker room. Um, I take off for a minute to go do some things. I come back and the Giants are getting their behinds kicked. Can you tell me what happened there, Amy? Well, two positive things that happen if you're the Eagles, but it's not—it it's, wouldn't be enough to make me happy this morning. Uh, they, they did uncork De, DeMarco Murray a little bit. He got 22 carries for 109 yards. They finally—they finally utilized the guy they're paying a lot of money to. So I give them credit for that. And their defensive line played very well. I have to say, uh, Cox and some of those guys inside really, really dominated Benny Logan. So you know, I give them credit for for those two things, but. You're not going to win games in this league having your quarterback throw three interceptions, you know, like the Eagles did last night. You know, they won despite the play of Sam Bradford. And I really don't know. I mean, if I'm Chip Kelly, I'm swallowing my pride, and I never thought I'd hear myself say this, but I'd actually go to Mark Sanchez at this point. Uh, Listen, Sam Bradford has – what's the word I'm looking for here? He's been given a gift in this NFL. Just he just really, really has been given a gift in this league, and um, I'm wondering when it's going to expire because he's just not that guy, Emil. I mean, I, no, I, you can watch the guy play. Listen, not. when I watch him play, and I and I don't like to say this because listen, anybody who plays in the NFL, relative to the rest of us, has a lot of ability, and they have to be somewhat tough. I mean, you know, so when we throw like when Jim Rome called uh, Jim Everett years ago, younger people won't remember that, but you remember it mm-hmm. when he called him Chrissy Everett, and, and Everett was sure. about six foot five. He almost turned the table over on him. Okay, yeah, you could relive you could relive that on YouTube anytime. Yeah, you I'm not I'm not ready to, to call guys not tough compared to me. But what I am saying is he's not tough compared to NFL players. When I look at Sam Bradford, I see a lot of fear when guys come near him. I really do, and I'm not trying to be funny here. 
I mean, I mean, I'm looking for I guess most. And- I guess most people would be too, given his history, and him just trying but to. You stay can't healthy play this game, game like that. You know that. You, you can't, can't play. You, you can't. Can. But you could understand the mentality, perhaps. I understand it. I'm not saying he's. I I would listen. I'd probably be the same way. What I'm trying to say is, though, the guys who are great in this league have an ability to forget their injuries immediately upon getting on the field. doesn't exist, doesn't happen. Matter of fact, some of them play through them. We, we, we've documented some of those on the show over the years, guys playing through injuries that most of us would be curled up in a fetal position. And uh, this guy kind of just looks like he's, he's scared out there, he's timid. I mean, nine touchdowns, nine picks on the year, uh, under seven yards per an attempt. That's... You're not going to win with that long term. No, definitely not Not the way to go. Uh, Amal, I just stumbled upon something here. So any of you listening that happen to be on social media right now, go go look at my last retweet. Um, man, this looks very suspicious. It's a Texas high school football coach going through the handshake line and uh, or getting ready to go through the handshake line. And it looks like he gives... A referee, a hundred dollar handshake. Man, nice. if you have a chance on our next break, <laughs> you gotta look at this thing. This is highly, highly suspicious. Wow, you know, that's, and I, that's, you know, like, that's like Tony Soprano-ish down in Texas. I, I it's kind of cool. <laughs> hey, look, you go look at this thing. Any of our listeners that are there right now on Twitter, go look at my last retweet, and I want, I want your thoughts on this because I know what it looks like to me. You guys tell me what you think that looks like, and, you know, I guess we could talk about it after the break. But uh, what else do we need to hit here in the NFL? What's what's eating away at us? What's wrong with the damn Seahawks? What's going on there? Is Dan Quinn really that guy? He's gone, so that's it? We don't play good defense anymore? What the hell happened at the end of that uh, year? I think there's a – oh, by the way, I'm watching this on my, my phone right now on your Twitter, and, uh, yeah, it does look like a little $100 handshake for the rest. Hey, man, he what them. is – what – that is a How do you know they didn't grief. just square up? Maybe the guys are friends, and, and, and you know, they, they, he had some action on, on the games the last week, and, the, and he said to the rap, hey, I owe you a couple bucks here. Here you go. Dude, meet him at his place of business, for crying out loud. <laughs> well, this I mean, hey, not, I want to save the gas. I'm going to do it at the center of the field. No way, man. That's, that looks bad, man. You think? <laughs> that freaking looks bad. The ref, oh, had, and the ref you know, had no problem taking it. Did you notice that? He didn't say, oh, no, no. Of course. Man, that $60 I just got paid for this game ain't going to pay for the rims. <laughs> Good grief. Anyway, anyway, any of y'all listening out there, check check my last retweet at Gridiron Studs, and y'all tell me what you think. No, wait, you um, want to talk Seahawks? Let's talk Seahawks because we, we talked about this. Well, you wouldn't listen. You, 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 you're, you're a quasi Seahawks fan. Um, yes, I don't you know, know we, for how much longer if they're not going to yeah, play defense. Yeah, we talked about this yeah. in the preseason, and I said about the Seahawks. My, my thing that got me is I said one, it's very difficult to go back to the start when you were that close to being historic. I mean, mm-hmm. very few teams have won back-to-back Super Bowls in the history of this game. Mm-hmm. You were, you know, a yard and a half, a yard away from being that team. And now you have to go back to the start. That's mentally very challenging. And then second, mm. and this is something you touched on, which has always surprised me why you were so bullish on them this year. You've said this over the years. Once teams start winning, it's very hard a lot of times, unless you have a really special group of guys or the right type of ownership group. Guys want to get paid. 
You know, and, and, right. and then what happens is it becomes more about them than the team. It becomes more about how am I going to get my money, whether that's an endorsement, whether it's a guy like Chancellor holding out even though he's under contract. I mean, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff chips away at the fabric of a team. And mm-hmm. I just think it's, it's why hard. Can't these, why can't these guys see this? Why does it have to get to this point where now you're losing games and you just don't have what you need anymore out there to realize, oh, damn. You know, maybe I didn't need all that money. Is there any part of any of these players where legacy matters, um, mm-hmm. being immortalized in this game? We won three Super Bowls in five. Like the Dallas Cowboys I, of the 90s, they'll live on forever, okay? You got to run out those, of money. Those, those guys are all work. on TV. Every one of them's got a gig that wants a gig. Every, every one yeah. of them, whether it's Troy or Michael or Emmett, people want to hear what they have to say. And you know why? Because they were all-time great. So when they open their mouth, it's it's like E.F. Hutton. When E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. When they open their mouth, they can open it because only one other team can say we won three Super Bowls in four years, and that was the Patriots of the last decade. And those guys, when they retire, will, will all be on TV. Yeah, not only that, your kids get to see what you did. Your kids' kids get to see in generations beyond. I mean, we're still looking at um, – NFL films of what the what the what the Steelers did in the 70s, what the Packers did in the 60s. You live on forever. The 49ers, any of the, the Cowboys, does, every team that's been. Does the any great of that team. matter to these guys? Or I just need to well, get paid now so I could buy more shoes, more jewelry, more fur, more. I could I could spend it on and more strip clubs. What's wrong, man? Can you I be an apologist though? I bet you never thought you'd hear me say this. I think some of it is the guys, but I also think some of it is they're young guys. And they they get bad advice from agents, and, and they're not savvy enough to see through it. Now that could, you could put that blame on them; they should have listened a little bit more in school or whatever, if you want to. But I'm I'm telling you right now, you get 25, 26 year old guys, you get a guy our age who who's got a degree, whether he's a, an agent, and most of them are lawyers, and sitting there in a, a fifteen hundred dollar suit, mm-hmm. telling you, mm-hmm. hey, listen. This you know this is your one chance. You got to get every last dollar. When really a lot of it's about getting himself the agent paid because he's getting his three or four percent. So agents ruining the sport. I'm not blaming it all on them. Listen, everybody's got a hand in it. What I'm trying to say is it's not just take take a look. You and I have talked about this. He's he's the example for this season. Demarco Murray. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't fit in Philly. Even with that game he had last night, Gruden drew some plays up if you were watching the game. The way the Eagles run the football doesn't suit his skill set. Right. Uh, he's You're running side by side with the quarterback, quarterback. laterally. Yeah, I, I, yeah. You know, I get that. But, and he I knows that. that. He knows enough about football, okay? But somehow, whether it was his pride or his agent or a little bit of both, when the Cowboys came in with their final offer of five years and $30 million and whatever it was, $12 million guaranteed, he wanted the $21 million guaranteed. He wanted the extra money. And maybe it was a little bit of pride saying, screw you, I'll show you. And in the end, they each screwed each other. And, and neither one's better off. What happens, though, okay, let's say you're, you're, you know, you're hell-bent on building a dynasty. You're the head coach, general manager, owner, all thinking the same way. And you have a DeMarco Murray and – you're telling him, this is. listen, we need you to make a sacrifice. We're trying to make NFL history here. We're trying to build something here. And you get him to agree to the contract you've put out there. Mm-hmm. And then Des Bryant's contract comes up, and Des Bryant gets a significant amount of money. 
And DeMarco Murray looks at that and says, okay, well, why is this guy getting this and I'm getting that? I mean, I'm I'm the guy that was damn near rushed for 2,000 yards here. Why is this receiver getting this? Uh, I think some of that is what goes on. Not even that, hey, Adrian Peterson's getting paid this on another team, because you could easily look and say, hey, look, that's fine. He's getting paid that. Are they winning anything over there? No. But within your own team, when that stuff happens, what do you do there? That's why I've got so much respect. I guess I could fall back a little bit on business with you and say this, um, and I'll pick on CFOs. Uh, CFOs get paid well, but why does the CFO, who many times is more educated and smarter than the best sales guy, often make less money than the best sales guy? Why? Because the sales guy brings in the customers. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm trying to go with that is in today's NFL, look at it as a supply-demand thing. It's a passing league. So the guys that make passing happen, the quarterback, wide receiver, the left tackle, they're going to get paid big. And the guys that directly stop passing from happen, happening, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the people that sack the quarterback or the lockdown corners, they're going to get paid big. Everybody else is, a, is is important, but not as important. So that's how I would explain it to DeMarco. Yeah, um, you've got to be such a head doctor um, in, in those things to, to keep it all together. That's why you got to have respect. Hate, hate the New England Patriots. Hate their arrogance. Hate the little, you know, the stuff they've caught them on, cheating. Hate all that stuff about them. Um, hate the Wes Welkers of the world. Um, hate all that stuff. But you have to respect how they're able to get guys to agree to less, and how they're also willing to part with the best of players who don't buy into that. You have to have to love that about about them. And speaking well, but they of them, understand last... one thing, though. They have an all-time great quarterback who may be the greatest quarterback when it's all said and done of all time, okay? So they build yeah. everything around him. So the way mm-hmm. they look at it is, one, we've got to keep Tommy upright. So if they can do that, that's important. They feel the receivers aren't that important as long as they're guys that can get a little bit of space. He can put it in a window, and they're usually right about that. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so the way they look at it is: here's what we have in our budget. If you don't want to be a part of this, we'll find somebody who fits within that budget. That's how they view it. Yeah, I think they just say we're allocating this amount for this position right here, and we're hoping that you're the guy that's fitting that. But if not, we are willing to go out and find that person. Now, I will say this, though, and, and we're going to find out someday, you know, it's going to be interesting. That works as long as you have, in my opinion, an all-time great type of quarterback. Because I'm not sure you can follow that formula with, with an average or even slightly above-average quarterback. I think you need one of the elite ones in the league to do what they do, especially offensively. I mean, I watch their, their offensive game plan, and there's not a lot of guys that could execute that like Tom Brady. I would agree, and and you know I'm a guy who thinks the quarterback, uh, the quarterback as the thrower is overblown in this game. But I would have to agree with you on that. That kind of stuff gets, uh, it goes over a whole lot better when you feel like you have a guy at that position that can that can win you ball games, especially in the postseason. So I definitely understand what understand that, which is why it's important as a general manager and owner to get that kind of guy uh, right. in that position. Um, you know what? I think you and I, I think we talked about this game, the Patriots and the Colts, and and, and we, we felt like New England would, would cover the big spread in this game. But in looking back at it, uh, and I did tweet this out, shouldn't the Colts have been the more angry team coming into this thing? I mean, after all, uh, 
you felt like the Patriots cheated in the game that you lost, and as a result, you were put out of the playoffs. Now, granted, because of the margin of victory in that game, one could hardly say it had anything to really do with the deflated footballs. But nevertheless, there was an advantage gained here. It was done by this team. They put us out of the playoffs, so shouldn't we be the ones angry trying to score 50 points in this game? Why is everyone talking about But Tom what do Brady the all-time greats always do? And I'm t- just talking sports. Go back to Bill Clinton when he had the Monica Lewinsky thing, one of the great politicians of the last 50 years. He ended up, him and his wife, making them the victims. The great right-wing conspiracy, right? Well, that's what the Patriots did here. They somehow went and made themselves out to be the victims. Yeah, you know, and it's constantly with them uh, like a psychological mind game. It's like uh, always war with these guys, some type of psychological war going on. So, yeah, they did somehow. We're going to go out and hang 60 on those Colts because, damn it, they mentioned those deflated footballs and screwed us with the NFL. Yeah, I mean, who the hell are these guys to point that out? They should have just let it happen. Can you believe that? Nevertheless, uh, the Colts ended up putting up a pretty good fight on Sunday night. Well, part uh, of that, too, though, they got the goofy interception off the bounce that kept them in the game. And then at the end, the Patriots had a a 13-point lead and the ball with about three minutes left and couldn't couldn't chew the clock down, I mean, which was un, unpatriot-like. And the Colts got that little touchdown at the end. Of, you know, if you if you care about the number, which a lot of people do, they they got under the number. But they were, at the end of that, the fourth yeah, quarter of that game. Yeah, but hardly, though, Emil, the 50-10 to 10 game that uh, most of America was expecting to see here because Tom Brady was pissed. So yes. We, no, no, you're right. It was not, not, it was not the ass-whooping that we expected. I agree. No, because it is the NFL, Emil, and it's not Baylor versus SMU. Okay, It's not Ohio State versus Purdue. This is the NFL. They're professionals on both sides, guys making millions of dollars to play this game. And it's very difficult to have someone walk into your stadium and say, have everyone say they're going to beat you by 40 points and then that to go down. Because once these professionals uh, get motivated, uh, anything can happen on any given Sunday. That's that's how that whole talk goes. All right, we need to talk some college football. We will do that when we return for the final segment of the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Static on the track, bro. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. 
speed is what you need. So hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Public staff that's throwing darts at a board. I don't throw darts at a board. I bet on sure things. Sweet Sun Tzu, the art of war. Every battle is won before it's ever fought. Think about it. Not as smart as I thought you were, buddy boy. You wonder why fund managers can't beat the S&P 500? Because they're sheep. Get slaughtered. We're back here on the Gridiron Stud Show, 11 o'clock here on a Tuesday edition, wrapping up the weekend. Uh, Amol, in your part of the country, you can definitely say that the summer is gone, right? Oh, we can gone. definitely yeah. say that. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's 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 pretty apparent in some in some parts of the north northeast more than others. New York, to be exact, it's gone. But it doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. I happen to have a t-shirt on right now. Eat your heart out, all you folks looking at some very frigid temperatures right now. Um, really don't care how you feel about that. But nevertheless. It's uh, whether it's a recreational basketball team, it's a youth soccer league for the kids, or or a Halloween party because Halloween is right around the corner. T-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Uh, we have to throw that in there on old Tom. Um, screen printed T-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in colors unless you want to pay even a higher price. More colors, more costly. The answer is do it yourself at home with a lot of things that uh, we do nowadays, and you can do that with your inkjet printer. And a hand iron, believe it or not. Whether it's for your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself, and they'll look great. That's right. With heat transfer paper sold at T-ShirtSupplies.com, you can design your own logos, wording, whatever you want to put on there. Print it on your inkjet print paper sold by T-ShirtSupplies.com and iron it on with your own hand iron. The designs or pictures you put on to your T-shirts are limited only by your imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at T-ShirtSupplies.com can get it onto your T-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you don't have it done before. If you've never done it before, as T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. So visit them at T-ShirtSupplies.com. That's T-Shirt, no hyphen, supplies plural, all one word, dot com, or call them at 1-877-857-2737. That's 1-857-85-PAPER, T-ShirtSupplies.com. Go there now. You have a T-Shirt on now, huh? I do have a T-shirt on right now, and it says, "Damn, it's cold up north." That's what I've. Yeah, you know what I have on right now? Well, a wool coat, <laughs> a sweater, a heavy sweater. There you, there you go. Is it a Bill Cosby sweater by any chance? No, I don't have one of those. Listen, can we leave Cosby out of this? The guy's had a tough run. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't really want to be. Bill Cosby sweaters, when put on a female, tend to make them sleepy. I was just throwing that out there. Nevertheless, yeah, please don't want me in with Mr. Cosby right now, please. Oh, jello pudding pops. Um, all right, listen, man. We played some sheeps getting slaughtered. Unfortunately, we need to do this. We need to talk about our picks that we had this weekend. Listen, I didn't blow it away. It wasn't a great weekend for you. I somehow eked out 
a win. But damn, there were so many teams trying not to let that happen for me. Since we just went through the NFL recap, let's talk about the NFL picks. As always in the NFL, I go first. Here's what I had going down. Um, Virtually every game that I picked was that had a chance of winning was in flux for quite some time. I mean, your bunhole was tight if you had anything on these games I picked this weekend. Washington started off gangbusters, and then uh, the Jets punched them in the mouth. I guess we got to... We got to say the Jets are a good football team. Do we have to say that? At this game? point, I think you have to. I mean, they they they're playing good football. And and I'm you know, impressed. You go you you go to London. You beat your division rival. You come home. There's every re- to a bye week. There's every reason in the world to be drunk with your success. And you come out and just dominate the Washington Redskins, who you know needed needed a win. Nevertheless, hey, I, mean, I, like I lost what they're doing. Game. I think if the Jets can just, you know, refrain from, you know, turning the football over, their defense is certainly legit. Wouldn't you agree? Um, yeah, they're getting it done and they're running the ball well with Chris Ivory. It's uh, listen, they've got the formula going, and we'll see. You know, it's a long season. We'll see if that continues. Nevertheless, their goodness was ended up in my badness as I took Washington as an underdog in that game. That did not work out. I, I took Detroit. As a three-point favorite at home, there's no way in hell the Chicago Bears are winning three games in a row. But I'll be damned if Chicago didn't win that game, but they lost it. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, there's a controversial catch. We could spend a whole hour on trying to figure out exactly what is a catch. In the, they've just totally made a mess of that. Something so simple. The ball was thrown. It was caught, possessed by a guy. That's a catch. And they've just totally made a complete mockery of that whole process. Nevertheless, um, at the end of the day, Detroit went into overtime and got a win, but not for me. As They were three-point favorites. They won by three, so that's what they call a push. So uh, I had to rely on the Cleveland Browns to get my only victory of the day, and uh, they tried to lose that game. They did end up losing the game to the Denver Broncos. Thankfully, they only did so by a field goal, and they were four-and-a-half-point underdogs. So uh, by the narrowest of margins, I got the win on that one, making me one one and one. I'll Tell be damned. Fine, folks. What I am in in seven in the wins, NFL. nine losses, and a push. There you go. So I'm not exactly killing it in the NFL. Uh, let's talk Compared about to what me, you are. Yeah. Would you would would you do this weekend? Uh, well, let's start. Uh, I started with Detroit again. Somehow I got a push in that game because. I'm still trying to figure out what a catch is, so uh, you know, hmm. I'll just I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I'll take the push, I guess. That was the high point of my day. Uh, then I took the Washington. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Yeah. yeah, I took the Washington Redskins, and I have to tell you, I was feeling really good about that pick at halftime. For anybody who didn't pay attention, the Redskins had themselves a 13-10 halftime lead. Now we're hmm. catching six points in that game, so you have to feel good. About your chances yeah, of winning. Of course, you know they they'll lose, score the at least a touchdown, 20? maybe. Uh, yeah, which they yeah. did. They scored another seven points. It's just they couldn't stop the Jets from getting in the end zone a whole bunch in that second half. Yeah, so that was my my another loss, and then finally, the team we just crucified for five minutes before the break, the Seattle Seahawks, were my final pick. I figured they're two and three. They're at home. They got to get back to five hundred. Start doing what the Seahawks do. Um, Cam Newton was having none of that. He led his team on three 80-yard drives in this game, uh, capped, it, capped it off with a game-winning fourth-quarter drive. The Panthers get the outright 27-23. I take a loss there. So I go zero wins, two losses, and a push, dropping me to seven wins, ten losses, and a push 
in pro football. Yeah, um, so wasn't a great weekend for the two of us there as no. we come up no. together with, with the loss. Let's just move into college football and get that out of the way before we talk about Get it. Wait, 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 wait. We don't get college football out. Oh, you mean the picks out of the way? Well, there's, when we're yeah, talking football, we don't get anything out of the way. We love football. Yeah, yeah, of course. Let's get the picks out of the way, and we'll talk okay. about some of the things that actually happened on the field in college gotcha. football okay. on Saturday. Um, you up. You're up first Okay. in college football. I was hot as hell coming into this week in college football, and I got cooled off. Another game where at halftime I was really liking where I was standing. I took Louisville plus 7.5 against Florida State. I figured, oh, man, you know, they were right there at the half. They were playing well. And then all of a sudden, third quarter comes around. Florida State opens up a can of ass whooping. Final score, 41-21 Seminoles. Not even close, so I take a loss there. Uh, my lone win for the week. I took Michigan State in that game that we discussed with our caller less earlier, plus the seven and a half in that game, and that pick was a good one for us. Uh, they were only down two when they did win the game outright, but I mean, even if that didn't happen, they're covering that. They they were there all day, so I, I, I mean, I felt pretty good about that pick going into it. And then finally, a game that troubles me not only as a fan but picking. I had the Trojans USC plus six and a half. They uh, had the lead going into the fourth quarter at Notre Dame. Actually, played some inspired football. They led 31-24, and then all of a sudden, uh, lights out. They got outscored 17 nothing in the fourth quarter. They lose 41-31. Gives me a loss, and that drops my record on the season uh, to 14-7 and in college, which really is uh, pretty damn good anyway. But I wasn't happy with the results last week. Yeah, when you win in two-thirds of your picks, you're doing something good there. Uh, that USC game surprised me. Started, you know, It started off crazy. It, the middle was crazy. And then uh, it just, I don't know, got away from the Trojans somehow. We'll talk about that when we recap uh, the weekend's action. For myself, uh, I came, listen, it was a, it was a, I came away with a win, but my college picks, the way they played out, were kind of like the NFL. You, know, you had to sit in there for the whole time. So uh, I did take Utah as a, a six-and-a-half-point favorite against Arizona State. That was touch and go the whole way. At the end of the day, Utah flexed their muscle a little bit there at the end. Um, continue to be an undefeated football team and won by the required amount. Uh, Colorado uh, hung tough. Then the game got away. Then they hung tough again. It was really, really back and forth. Um, and, and, you know, I just thought the number was a little bit too large for Arizona, and it ended up being exactly that, just a little bit too large as Colorado snuck inside of the number. So uh, those were my two wins on the day. I did take Washington. I, you know what? I probably just need to leave Oregon games alone. I pick Oregon. They look like total piss. I go against them, and then now, you know, they have shades of the old days. And so they go out and beat Washington. I end up 2-1. and one. That puts me at 13-8 and eight on the season. And, Which, when, you know, you, know, you look at our college, we've been solid. I mean, 27-15 and 15 between us is, is pretty darn good in college. Yeah, uh, and, uh, you know, for those of you into, you know, win percentages as they trumpet on uh, some of those handicapping shows, we're winning at a 64% clip, all right? So, um, you know, if you're in Vegas, you're in uh, Atlantic City, you're making some money on this stuff. So uh, we have to feel good about that, and we got to make sure that that keeps going. Let's talk about some of the things that happened, and we'll we'll start off with the USC uh, and Notre Dame game. I wasn't able to see that game, obviously. I was... Uh, trying to control a nosebleed up there at Tiger Stadium at LSU. But uh, tell us what went on there. 
I mean, did the game start off with a bomb? I mean, was it did start off? What, what started the whole game was just crazy. Notre Dame hit a 75-yard touchdown pass after USC started the game driving 80 yards for a touchdown. It was a very good, uh, entertaining college football game. I'll say that. Um, a lot of stuff, crazy plays. USC did and Notre Dame both hit those uh, passes. Matter of fact, knowing the USC roster like I did, I saw Jaleen Green, Jaleen Green, the wide receiver who was a quarterback in high school line up out wide. He was playing a lot in this game due to injuries. And they threw the ball behind the line to him. And first thing in my mind said, this kid's throwing a pass. And he's a lefty. And boy, did he lay out a beautiful pass. They hit that for a touchdown. Uh, but it was just a good game. I think Notre Dame's a good team this year. I said earlier in the year that I thought they had a shot at the four-team playoff. They may still, if they can run the table here, with Clemson being their only loss by two points. Um, I just think in the end, uh, USC just has too many deficiencies defensively right now to stop a team like Notre Dame. And, and that I think they just got worn down. Notre Dame had the running game going. Uh, the USC defensive line is the Achilles heel this year for that, that, that unit. They just they don't get enough pressure on quarterbacks. They're not very stout against the run. And when they play a team like Notre Dame that can run and throw it, it makes it a long day. Yeah, it's interesting that um, there was a coaching change there, yet you have you had the same issues uh, that you've had all year long, and for the past two years, for that matter, with the USC Trojans. Um, you just can't stop people on defense, and, and and this was that rearing its ugly head again in this game as you give up 41 points. And big plays on top of that, stuff you just don't want to see. You would think some of those things would change at least for one game here with USC right after the coaching change, but somewhere Sark is well, in. Well, I was always puzzled when they, when, they, when they brought in that staff. You know, I didn't know a lot about Justin Wilcox. He came with Sark from up in Washington and mm-hmm. somehow got anointed as this defensive whiz kid and you know i have to tell you i'm not seeing it i gotta tell you a lot of these coaches get anointed too soon in college football um one or two good seasons and everyone wants to catapult them to the top um you know you're seeing that in 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 georgia um you know with their defensive coordinator who did quite well at florida state no doubt about that but he had a ton of talent he, he, I mean, Jeremy Pruitt had some freakazoids at Florida State, and uh, you know, people were talking about him being a head coach. This guy was just coaching high school football not too long ago, and and well, and and got himself to Alabama and fell into a really great job at Florida State with a bunch of tremendous athletes, and they were more talented than every team they took the field against uh, that year that he was at Florida State, and now he's at Georgia, and it's a little bit of a, a different story for him over there. So. And again, though, um, you're not going to tell me, though, that in his case or in Wilcox's case, there's not talent at those schools. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, I have to put a little bit on the coordinator because if you're going to sit here and tell me that the USC doesn't have enough players to put up more of a fight defensively, I'm going to tell you you're crazy. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. There's there's no doubt about that. Something more and better should be going on there, although both you and I have pointed out that the defensive line play and talent there has is not – uh, what it has been. And, well, their and best really players on the there. defensive line are young. I mean, they have four freshman de- defensive linemen come in this year that I think will all be players. 
but they're young. I mean, they were playing high school football last year. So, you, you know, unless a kid, like you say, a freakazoid, most freshman defensive linemen are not going to step in and dominate, and the upperclassmen are just guys. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, they, they're in that transition phase where the, the kids that have the ability are probably too young But at they this should point. be getting freakazoids at that position, Emil. I mean, USC uh, up till now, and um, you know, I don't know that that's even stopping, has had their pick of what they've wanted across this country. That USC brand travels all the way down into these parts. How many guys have they come down into the state of Florida and gotten? Um, so they should have freakazoids, even as freshmen there on that defensive line. And I don't know, they have good future players, but how come you don't have that freshman that everyone's talking yeah. about? Well, a couple of years line? ago they grabbed what's it, Leonard Williams, and, you know, mm-hmm. you're right. You should be able to grab one of him every year or two, you know, a guy like him from somewhere that could come in as a freshman and make an impact. So, yeah, I yeah. don't disagree with you. Yeah, um, I mean, defensive line play, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to offend anyone, is not that hard. Um, it has its intricacies. But uh, as a freshman, that's probably, I would dare say, that's the position where you have the best chance of playing as a freshman, defensive line. Yeah, if you have the uh, physical a lot of it skill is, set. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a lot of it's reactionary. Um, and it's, there's, you know, depending on what system you're in, there isn't a ton of strategy there. You can get by on your physical talent. Now, you do get better as a player going along by knowing the little intricacies of what an offense is trying to do, but you can be thrown in there as a freshman really wet behind the ears and have a great year just off of physical talent and, and, and being tenacious. Let's talk about the local team, the University of Miami. I did say that they needed to respond after the loss to Florida State. And by respond, I, I did not mean a 24-21 where you lined up with five seconds left to get a final kick. And in my mind, a 30-20 to win over Virginia Tech is a response. That's a positive response to what happened there because in years past, after Florida State, you, you folded your season up when there were still games left to play. So it was good to see them go out and – uh, while you still don't have the dominant defense, and that's just not going to happen overnight, Miami did go out and get a 10-point a, uh, win and hold Virginia Tech to 20. And, yes, I do mean held Virginia Tech to 20 and they ended up winning the game 30-20. to 20. Yep, that was a good win for them. You can't, you know, If you're a Miami fan, you can't complain about that, that response to a tough loss. I agree. Yeah, definitely what they needed uh, ahead of Clemson, who's showing up at high noon here on Saturday. They needed – uh, they needed something positive in their belly, so they have that, and let's see what they can do with it. Louisville, uh, man, what's going on in, in Louisville? And is is Bobby Petrino going to be in some trouble here if they don't get their act together? It's not that they lost to Florida State. They were underdogs in this game. It's they got pounded, and quite frankly, the few clips I've been able to see of this game, Louisville did not look good, especially on defense. I mean, no, exactly you wonder if maybe like the shine is off him a little bit. What do you think? Maybe the shine's off his star a little bit? Perhaps, you know, and maybe that could be a case of staying somewhere too long. You came back to Louisville. Yes, they gave you a chance, but the moment you had success there, you have to know at a place like Louisville, tough to sustain. Maybe you did need to, you know, move out of town. And, I don't know, this season's kind of lost for them. They're going to fall short of any goals they had already at 2-3. and three. And, two and um, four, by the know, way. Two and four. Yeah, two and four, actually. Two and four. So they're going to fall far short of the goals that they wanted for this season. It's just now you've got to really keep these guys motivated before, you, as Bobby Petrino, you look really, really bad here. 
Well, yeah, you don't want the season. It's one thing to fall short of goals. You don't want it to turn into a disaster. You know, if you're Louisville, now you're trying to shoot for a 7-5 to season and a nice bowl game and where you can finish it, finish on a positive note. Yeah, uh, so, you know, I don't know where to go with there. With 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 those guys, they've they've got to do something and, and do something fast. Baylor and uh, Western Virginia was another. Uh, West Virginia was another game in which you weren't sure if you looked at the score if this was a basketball game. There'll be basketball games in the Big Twelve this year as college basketball is fast approaching us here, where there will be a score that looks like this, sixty-two to thirty-eight. There's no doubt that you're going to have yeah. scores like this in college basketball. But this was a college football game, and again, no defense being played out there in Baylor. Uh, continues to win. I just want to see them play someone not in the Big 12. Is that where yeah, you're at me too. with this whole thing? <laughs> I just want to see it happen. I can't explain what's going on with Georgia Tech. They drop a home game to Pittsburgh. Um, I think Pittsburgh was an underrated team coming in, but something's definitely up in Georgia Tech and uh, hard to figure it out. Did you see the baseball game between Georgia and Missouri? I think <laughs> the Bulldogs won with a three-run triple late Nine in the night. Six, Nine huh? to six. Yeah, um, I don't know what went on there, but nevertheless, they walk out of there with a win, a much-needed win, and uh, you know things are setting up for a showdown between them and Florida to figure out who's going to be the East representative in the SEC championship game coming up in Atlanta in December. Uh, I don't know the state of mind of Georgia right now. No, I don't know what's going on there. I mean, that was not an impressive performance. I mean, you know, you saw what your team did, you know, your son's team did to Missouri Mm -hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for Georgia to go out there and really struggle, I mean, they could have easily lost the game at home. I mean, that, that was not good. Well, last thing to touch on here, what do we make of Alabama? Alabama goes in, blows out Texas A&M. Um, I think people were expecting an Alabama win here. They had their loss, but uh, the defense showed up in a very big way. Three interception returns for a touchdown. Uh, you know, one guy had two of them, which – as a defensive back, you got to love that. He opened the game up with a 33-yard interception return. Minka Fitzpatrick we're talking about. And then yeah. he ended the scoring with a 55-yard interception return. And Derrick Henry, quietly, because he's in a conference with Leonard Fournette, is going about doing his damage. 236 yards rushing for him in this game. Uh, what, do, what do we say about Alabama? Are they going to end up being the team in the West? And how much of a war is that LSU-Alabama game going to be this year? Yeah, it's going to be the game, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's once again after all this other stuff and the parody and the new players in this Mississippi State and Ole Miss, you know, uh, rising up in the SEC and Missouri back to back champs. At the end of the day, we could fall right back to the same thing that we've had many many times in the SEC. It's going to come down to LSU and Alabama. That's it. I mean, that's at the end of the day, isn't? It? I mean, that's where we're headed. It sure looks that way, doesn't it? Yeah, and you it know, sure it's looks it, like. It, but but you know every year we get like this. People, everybody wants to draw conclusions in sports after a few weeks. You got to let the season play out. You do. You definitely do. But that's that's no fun. You got to have the week by week knee jerk reaction. If you had I, to put some money, if you had to put some money down on it, uh, would you just go ahead and say the Pac-12 is Utah? That they're going to be the Pac-10, Pac-12 champions. Uh, I think Stanford might. I mean, if, if you if you made me right now, I think Stanford's going to win that conference. Well, Stanford somehow has found this great offense. That matchup there is is going to. And uh, you know, listen, I'm ashamed for having to ask this. Are they in opposite divisions? 
Yes, and I'm not sure if they're – I don't know if they're on – I don't think they play in the regular season. I haven't checked the schedule yet. I'm not I'm not 100% sure on that, but I, I think that's going to be – you know, I'm, I'm not going out on a limb here. I think that's going to be your Pac-12 title game. Yeah, that, and that would be quite the Pac-12 title game. Let me let me. Uh, but although you know, it. don't forget. I mean, that, that's a Utah is not one of those. They're just a workmanlike undefeated team, and you could also see them losing some games. I really could. <laughs> um, perhaps, perhaps. Hey, how could we get through this whole broadcast? I mean, this. I mean, shame on both of us. How could you and I get through this whole broadcast and not even talk about the NFL Network's fine um, Emmy Award-winning work in the locker room after the Cincinnati Bengals game, interviewing Adam Pacman Jones with uh, uh, quite a bit of nudity in the background there? And yeah, explain this to me. I've something. seen this before previous years, but explain this per- specific thing that happened to me. Um, well, you, you know, I, I don't know. If, uh, this is the first time that I'm seeing it. So I guess you could put me under a rock somewhere. First time I'm seeing an interview on a major network in a locker room where there are nude players in the background. Um, and, and, you know, mostly rare ends. Um, there, there was a chance you could have seen someone's penis jump out on here and you know, who's had something to say about it and was rather upset about it. Who? Catherine McCarran, you know, her, the uh, the lady that almost got Brent Musburger sent out of television because he was just gushing all over her, um, the the wife of A.J. McCarron, uh, she had something to say about it, and she tweeted this out. I would rather my husband's ass penis not be all over TV. Would you like to be filmed while naked? Now, she asked that question. Now, I'm sure there were a ton of those who read this that said, well, we'd love to see you naked. But, uh, nevertheless, yeah, right, she right. not too happy about seeing Bengals bum on television. Well, you know the question I always her. ask. It seems like you know we, we, our society's full of all kinds of double standards. If mm-hmm. let's pretend there was a well, there there is a professional women's sport, but mm-hmm. not a lot of us watch it. The WNBA. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you think we would ever see that in a women's locker room? Um, you know, five years ago, Amol, I would have hit you with a quick no. But in this day and age, and the way in which we're catapulting towards um, Armageddon, we just might. <laughs> we just I don't know. I just I have a hard time picturing I'm going to wa- be watching a woman. There is a double standard, though, yes. In a to, sports to bra. I, I don't think that's happening. Listen, you've got women out there that are going to tell you to shut the hell up because when you go to the movies, there are female behinds and tits everywhere, and we could see the fur burger and everything on a female while uh, they don't get to see the prize package in any movie. Well, I would tell them that they're uh, watching the wrong kind of movies. Well, you know, the ones in the theater where they make you pay $10 <laughs> and buy their silly popcorn. They don't get to see that there. So, nevertheless... Um, I'm going to, what's NFL Network's response to this? I don't know that we've had one. Um, they might get slapped with it. They might have to move them. You know what? You need a subscription for NFL Network, and now I understand why, uh, because they're going to be doing stuff like this. Uh, you know, at the time that I was a player, I think it was my senior year, uh, I think that's when they really started coming around. They had the whole issue about females in the locker room, female reporters in the locker room. Right, right. And I remember a feature being done on me about my writing ability and playing ability at my senior year at the University of Miami, and it was done by a female reporter. So she came during the week, interviewed me, and uh, as the follow-up 
for the final story, she interviewed me after the game. And so she had to come into the locker room as we were getting ready. And uh, I remember her being uncomfortable. I remember her coming into the locker room and having to, she looked over at me, seeing that I was trying to get myself together. So she had to wait and kind of turn herself away. Now, there's nowhere to turn in the Orange Bowl locker room, okay? Um, And I remember the faces of some of my teammates as this was a strange thing to have happen. And um, while some of them were professional, others not so professional saw this as an opportunity to, you know, drop a towel and strut around naked for, you know, to give her something to see there where she, you know, couldn't turn. There was no turn where she could not see this. Well, you do remember Zeke Moat, right? The, the the tight end for the Giants I, and Patriots. I remember him being involved in something. Uh, you can refresh our memory on that. I think I think exactly I think happened. the female reporter was sitting on a chair or a bench or something like that, and mm-hmm. I guess he walked up, put one of his legs up on the bench, and said, "Want to touch it, baby?" Uh, so he hit a Captain Morgan stance. <laughs> yes, he hit a Captain Morgan. <laughs> oh man, you know you can't you can't always rely on men to act like men. Sometimes we'll we'll act like boys, and uh, yeah, that you had a little bit of that going on. So uh, it's progressed from there. So now we take cameras in the locker room, we film it, and we there we go it on uh, on national television. So yes, we did cover that topic there on the show today. As we did, we covered all the things that we needed to cover on the show today. We recapped. Uh, what went down in college football, and again, it was another man, one of the more exciting weeks. We knew that coming in, did we not? We knew that last week. In. Yeah, last week was a really good slate of games, and I haven't went through all of them this week. But I think this week might be a little bit weaker on Saturday. I have to go check it out. Yeah, well, it'd be tough to top what you had yeah. last week. Um, yeah, you what? had the big showdown in Baton Rouge, and you know, listen, I've got to give some kudos to Les Miles. It takes a big pair of balls, and we know Les has them to uh, run that fake that he did on the field goal at that point in time in the game. And, uh, man, he did it. And that's what head coaches do. You make those kind of calls. You don't Might run around with that Might be a case also of being just stupid and lucky at the same time. The man, that's been less the whole time. He's a yeah. goofy, odd kind of guy, and he'd be the one to make that kind of move. And um, I'm going to say it again. As a head coach, those are the things that you do. Not run around with the headset and your damn laminated sheet with, you know, four – four different sides on it, trying to call the next play, man. Get an offensive coordinator and just be the guy understanding the flow of the game and make a call like that. So kudos to uh, Les Miles on making that play. Uh, Still feel bad for the kicker, for the punter for for Michigan, but we had a thriller there and one that will live on forever. They're going to try and name that play. Oh, nobody will ever forget that. That's going to be up there with that Auburn-Alabama return the field off a few years ago. It's one of those games no one will forget. Yeah, and that's why you love college football, because they give you moments like that. So, all right, my friend, we've wrapped it all up. Uh, programming note, I'm on tomorrow night with the uh, recruiting roundtable. Been getting some pretty good feedback on that one, so we're going to keep that going, as I'll have several reporters on from around the country talking strictly college football recruiting. Um, I'm back on on Thursday, but Emil joins me on Friday as we do another Football Friday, we give you the picks, we give you the previews, and we set you up for your whole weekend. You can't go into a weekend of college, NFL, and high school football without listening to the Football Friday show on Blog Talk Radio with Gridiron Stud Show. So, uh, for Emil Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? 
Step up and visit GridironSuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironSuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus